Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn and has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Welcome to the Poisoner's Cabinet. I'm Sinead. And I'm Nick. And this is your weekly podcast exploring the lives of the great poisoners and murder cases from across the centuries and creating curious cocktails inspired by the tales we tell. And it's episode 69. Oh, well, it's <laughs> oh I say. <laughs> Saucy. Really? Really? We get, you're going down that route already? I mean, come on. You knew this was going to happen. Yeah, this is true. It's that 69 was always going to produce a titter. How are you, Nick? I'm all right. You're all right. All right. Have you survived going back to work after it a few days It has been off? a torturous, torturous day. At the torture factory where you work? Absolutely. No one has ever worked as hard as I have today. But going into your lovely office and sitting, <laughs> looking at all the lovely, lovely Looking things. at some emails and going, oh my God, there's so many emails. Oh, these bastards oh, wanting have a to email me. <laughs> Oh, well, any poisonings as a result of that? As a result of that, no. I managed to resist the urge. So close. So close. It came so close. But I thought, no, that is frowned upon on the first day back from holiday. (laughs) Even from, as we established on Patreon this week, your Dickensian-like boss that you've made up in your head, who comes and hammers down the door and just goes, Gordon, to work with you. Yes. And he gives me some coal, but not enough coal. Not enough coal. <laughs> In a Scrooge-like way. Oh, yes, right. Okay. For a minute there, I was like, D- do you sell coal at the, where, where you work? <laughs> so <laughs> you went with Dickensy and I just carried it on. I know, but I then forgot that crucial bit about the coal. I just assumed that Nick had another life to his work. <laughs> that He says he works in a lovely, beautiful retail sector, but actually yeah. he works in the coal shed. Yes, indeed. I'm in fact a coal miner. Well, speaking of working down coal mines and, and being sick of being at work, I think it's time... Time to thank our lovely Patreon subscribers. Because that's, that's where we found this week, down the coal mine. Scuttling. Scuttling, working so hard to earn their Patreon fortune. No, this does paint us in a horrible light does, that yes. we send people down the mines to dig for gems, apparently, for us <laughs> to wear while we do the Patreon episodes. I mean, it's accurate. It's, it uh, yeah. seems appropriate to me. Thank you so much to our lovely Monica McEvoy. for joining us this week thank you very much enjoy all the patreon loveliness coming your way thank you so much monica we hope you've pronounced your name right mcavoy mcavoy that could be how you pronounce your name and thank you to all of the lovely resubscribers to patreon every month we do have people sometimes they drop out of patreon absolutely fine there's no obligation to stay with us but people do choose to rejoin and resubscribe so thank you so much people for coming back on board that much they do don't realize there is this poisony hole in their lives that needed to be filled. <laughs> it's, it's worrying. Well, Nick. Hello. Are you ready? Nope. To drink cocktails and talk about poison? Hmm. Your ideas intrigue me. Or, you know, we, we, we could drink poison and talk about cocktails. <laughs> I have a fancying for a cocktail. You have a fancying for a, fancy, yeah. for a cocktail. <laughs> I'm quite sure that, that was going there. <laughs> you weren't sure while yeah, saying it. It came out a bit weird. <laughs> Do you want to go with the first one? Yeah, let's go. Let's go with that. Oh, hooray, hooray, hooray. <laughs> I yay. what it was already. Exactly. Well, you know, we're going to tell a story tonight. Yay. But we can't, we can't, we can't possibly tell a story without a cocktail in hand. As you know, every week, dear listeners, we choose a secret ingredient that is inspired by the tale that we tell that will flavour our cocktail of the week. Nick's story this week. So it was his pick for the secret ingredient. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And the secret yeah. ingredient is... Is... It's a lovely little frog. A tiny little 
tiny frog. little frog. Oh, like a little frog. Okay. Mm. And we all crashed into a cocktail glass. No. <laughs> now, there is a cocktail called a squashed frog. There I is believe. a cocktail called a squashed frog. It's a layered horror of uh, shotness. Which we're going to um, have tonight. Which we're really not going to have tonight. I would rather have a prairie oyster. Oh, um, wow. Well, that is saying something. Um, oh, God. Is this going to be one of the things I have to do another bloody video on? No. Oh, okay. Because that's thank not God. happening. No, lots of frog-based cocktails on uh, social media. People were jumping all about, like a frog, as it were. I didn't intend that pun, but out it <laughs> but well came. Done, well done. This is live, people. This is live banter you're getting. Yeah, lots of suggestions for frog cocktails. Yeah. I had no idea there were so many, but they all sound awful. Well, the, there's the fat frog. Uh, okay. A teenage classic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. Are. it's um, mm-hmm. was it Smirnoff Ice Ooh. Blue WKD? Ooh. It's a whole. It's, it's three different alcohol pops mixed together. Yeah. Um, and it goes a horribly weirdly green color, and it's called a fat frog. Oh, just because it's green, just they go it's green. It, it, frog. Yeah, there we and are. And you vomit horribly off Ooh, drinking God. it. So we're having one of those. Yay! Yay! Let's get wrecked. I never was into my WKDs, no. you see. Mm. Not into yeah, those. You missed out. You missed out. Did it I? Did mm. I? Though. We'll yeah, find oh. out soon enough. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, there's the squash frog, the fat frog, the frog's butt, I think I saw Yeah, I wasn't familiar with that one. I'm <laughs> it, so I'm, I didn't Google it. I thought that would be rather unfortunate for a work. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's some weird, obscure porn that you're looking up there at work. People coming in, Nick, can I just... You know what? Never mind, Nick. It's fine. Uh. <laughs> Clearly you need a few more days off. <laughs> You're just Googling it to try and get more holiday. I'm having a breakdown. <laughs> no, I don't think of that. Oh, God, can you one. imagine if there's an actual site that's dedicated to... Oh, I don't want to know. No, no I don't want to know. it's not disgusting to think of a frog's butt, you know, because it's... there's nothing there. It's just its hind legs and its that's ass. delightful. <laughs> but Let's... someone finds Again, out... moving on. Someone moving finds on. that sexy, Nick, somewhere. Moving on. Moving on. You find frog's butt sexy... <laughs> Right in. Okay, so it's none of those. It's none of those, thank none God. Of the, <laughs> the look on Nick's face of just disgust, disgust and disdain. And, oh, God. The human race. Aren't we better than this? <laughs> no. Okay, so with a frog yes. as the ingredient, I shudder to think, what have you come up with? Well, I we we are not having a frog as an ingredient. I managed oh, okay. to eschew the sort of frog leg garnish. Which oh, I, th- I like a frog's leg. So I thought that could have been an option. But no, I've gone for a rather more simple affair. Okay. And we are having a cocktail called Le Frog. Le Frog? Le Frog. Le Frog. suitably French. Le Frog. It sounds a little bit racist. Potentially. <laughs> Potentially. Just going to address the elephant in the room yep, there. That's what it's called. It was made in the, sort of the 80s, 90s. Oh, I wouldn't be surprised. Okay. Le Frog. Le that's, Frog. That's so... Oh, God, that's awful, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. You, you'll see... There's a vaguely sensible thing of why it's called that. Okay, all right. Well, I'm I'm hopeful rather than it just being blatant xenophobia. <laughs> <laughs> okay, La Frog. I'm intrigued-ish. I'm hoping that it will be nice. God knows what's in it. If it's I'm going to tell you now. Oh, it has got three ingredients that never in my wildest dreams would I put together. <gasps> okay, so gin, salmon. <laughs> three beverages caveat that with three drinks that <laughs> I would, vomit <laughs> that I never would have combined oh this is exciting but, um, yes so we'll find out well I think without further ado it is time for us to go to the poisonous cabinet kitchen and shake up a storm so we'll see you in a minute we'll see you in a bit and we're back hello Lift- Okay. No, I'm not gonna lie, Nick. I was expecting something green. I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised, but yeah. it's not. It's not. It's not. It's it's um, amber. Yes, amber. So it's that's verging on brown, which is always good. But it's not too dark. It's kind of. It's almost like a beer color. Really? Actually, it looks quite like a beer. It's in a. It's got a bit of a foamy head going on. It has a martini glass, golden, if you golden will, hue. and with a foamy head. So I don't know what's in this. And you've also said it's three ingredients that you would have never smashed together in a glass. Yes, oh, personally. Goodness. But that I, obviously, I'm very wrong. Have you made this up? I have not made this up. Have you just picked something from the story and went, yeah, Le Frog, there we go, and then just poured whatever was in the cabinet it's the, into I mean, a glass? It's the last three things. Oh, I never use that, or that, or that. Check them in, see what happens. Oh, God, I wonder what that combination would be. People write in with your suggestion of like, the last three things at the yeah. back of the cabinet. I went out and bought expensive things just oh, oh. for this. Did you? Yes. No. Oh. You're not going to tell me what's in it? Of course I'm not. Of course you're not going to tell me what's in it. So is it time for us to taste La Frog? Would be time. Okay, and there's a story that goes with it. Well, we'll find out. Okay. <laughs> it's a mystery. Okay, I think it's time to dive in. So La Frog, uh, cheers. 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 Merry Christmas. Oh, what? the? Oh. Wow. Nah. 
<laughs> that is extremely strange, Nick. It is very peculiar. I wouldn't go so far as to say it was pleasant. No, I'm. I'm. This has got good good feedback. This one. I'm. I'm, I'm going to level with you, Nick. I, it it feels like the aftertaste is a little bit like an ashtray. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not getting that, I must admit. I don't know, which makes me think of two ingredients that could be in it, but whatever they've combined with has not worked. Ooh, that is... Okay, second sip. This is very strange, people. This is an odd one. It's up there. <laughs> what the... Okay, hang on. Oh, 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 I'm not sure about that at all. Oh, there's a lot going on. It's <laughs> citrus and sharp. But there's a smoky element to it that does not work. <laughs> I'm not kidding. After I feel like I've smoked 20 fags. <laughs> it's musty, musty and smoky. <laughs> what is that? Well, what, give me, give me, some, give me some guesses. Give me some, some possibilities. God, I, I genuinely feel like I've smoked. So, so now you've said that, it does have that. Um, no. It does have that cigarette twang to it. It really, it really tastes like a cigarette. Jesus Christ. If you've Make not smoked for a few years, <laughs> yeah. then... I've had a smoke for three years. <laughs> more <laughs> of these. Yeah, more of those. There we go. Okay, so the smokiness, is mezcal in this? Nope. A scotch or a, like an Islay scotch. It is indeed. There yeah, we go. Smokiness that. of a scotch ruined by something else. <laughs> I have no idea what else is in there. I, I can only guess there's a citrus. So, yeah, there is There is a, a form of citrus in there. Based on the colour, is it orange juice? It's not orange juice. No. No, it's not It's not quite um, that. There's another taste in there that I'm upset by, and I don't know. <laughs> is, is there got egg white in it? Nope, nope. No? No. Nope. Because there's a white, foamy top. Yeah, no, that's just pure from the the, the liquids. There's no... there's no the liquids. There's no foaming additives. I don't... You're going to have to tell me. <laughs> Am I going to put you out of your frog-based misery? Yeah. <laughs> I think I feel like this is going to blow my mind. So like we do. A, like we so frog. we have we do we have an eyelay single malt yeah. going on in there, Delicious. which I had to buy specially. Chambord, chambord, yes, black indeed. raspberry. So liqueur. a black raspberry. What? A black raspberry. Right. And finally, pineapple. What? <laughs> pineapple. I told you three things that you would never in the world think to put together, and now we know why. Pineapple and raspberry, I can see. You're on the way to a party then. You threw some really nice, eyelid, dark, smoky, smoky, pity scotch in there. That's it. That's it. That's just those three things. Okay, now I know what's in it. I'm going to taste it again. Hang on. Does it make it any better? See, I'm not a scotch drinker at all, so it's, it's certainly, it wouldn't be one for me even if it was lovely, because that's just not my No, my absolutely flavor. not. Absolutely not. <laughs> absolutely not at all. <laughs> It's not horrific. We're not in Golden Cadillac country, <laughs> but that ain't right. That ain't right, Nick. I would never have guessed there was pineapple in there. I think now you've said it, maybe I'm picking up a hint of it. No idea there's shambor in there. Oh, God, that is that has done something <laughs> awful to scotch. Because I laid scotch I really like, a nice peaty, smoky... What did, which one did you get? I can't... Uh, Le, Le Froy. You got Lefroy. Lefroy is amazing. A, is. Yeah. Oh, I love Lefroy. Well, it's not amazing, amazing, but damn good. That, and and Lefroy is not subtle in its smokiness. No, indeed. It's you one need, of the smokier you need a, ones. You need a hefty something. No, that has taken the beauty of an Islay malt and turned it into an ashtray. <laughs> it does. It really just tastes like cigarettes. <laughs> Well, I mean, I'm I'm surprised how unpleasant it actually is because this is this is this has got four and a half out of five lies on on difference. This one, it's so, like Rotten Tomatoes or IMDb <laughs> voting for movies where you're going how. I mean, this came about I think in the '90s at some point. What? During during the '90s, there was a whole raft of they were known as french martinis yes um, at the time i mean anything in a martini glass was called a martini it had nothing to do with martini but the principal ingredients were chambord and black um, pineapple there were endless variations you had it with mm. vodka or gin or mezcal or scotch and that is what they've done with this one and i think presently because of the particular island that they recommend they they say for this one I don't know if that has helped the Le Frog oh, sort like of. Oh, like Le Frog, So I think, right. and it's, it's a French martini. They've used Le Frog, uh, so that may be something. That's just me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there are some lovely French martinis out there. I mean, yeah, as you say, pineapple and shambles. It's a good combination, and with some yeah. vodka or a different spirit, a tequila spirit. or something like that, would, would, would be interesting. A tequila or a um, rum, or a rum, rum would be not. Oh, yeah, we're lovely, let's, let's but um, it does not work with the island. God, I've, I've had to just take a really big gulp of gin and tonic because. 
that was it's disturbing how unpleasant that is actually <laughs> so Difford's got this one very much wrong oh, I feel I feel like someone invented that because they'd given up smoking <laughs> and they wanted to ruin everything for everyone or they knew the smoking ban was coming in in bars in the 2000s and they thought okay well fine now you will fine. taste cigarettes forever Huh. Um, Do you want a different drink? <laughs> very much so, yes. Well, I have, have some Laphroaig. There's a, there's a whole bottle of it out there now. No, so. I, can't, I, can't, I can't just sit and drink Laphroaig. So and drink... also, it's Laphroaig, not Laphroaig. 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 Are you going to keep drinking well, it? No, it's there. You can Really? I can't. I can't. I can't have that anymore. Mm. It's upset me. Well, it takes a lot for a drink to upset you. Oh, two in a row. The French Pearl. Yeah, two absinthe. Oh, yeah, yeah. I couldn't finish that one yeah, either. I stole that oh, one from you. So. There you go. Well, you can steal this one too. I don't know if you will. <laughs> <laughs> you know, are there fans of French martinis out there, people? Um, French martini, as you said, with different spirits works very well. This, does anyone like it with an Islay? Have you decided to destroy scotch? I don't, you don't need Islay in cocktails. I'm sorry. Some Irish whiskey and some cocktails, but a really good scotch has no place being mixed up with this nonsense in my opinion it's just it's against god and nature well i might make go out and make classic french martinis oh can we have those we can have those we can have those okay so wavy lines wavy lines wavy lines wavy lines so we're not gonna lie people we had to remake our cocktails because that was the first time in six to nine episodes <laughs> when neither me or Nick could finish the drink. I mean, that's something. That's that's saying something. I I don't think, correct us if we're wrong, even the Golden Cadillac. Even you I finished. finished the Golden Cadillac. Ill-advisedly. Yes. Oh, I felt dreadful afterwards, but uh, I still got through it. I think there may have been a one remotely where we didn't finish it. We kind of went, but then we ended up drinking it anyway. <laughs> There's very few drinks that we cannot finish, but we both just decided... No, that to me is like literally halkalash and crab juice. It, or, what do I do to take the disgusting taste out of my mouth? So what we did instead was make a classic French a classic martini. classic French martini with, yeah. uh, with vodka, shampoo and pineapple. Yay, and we're going to have a little taste there, see if that repairs the damage. That's much more civilised. Delicious. Quite sweet, but pineapple and raspberry will do that. But with vodka in there, lovely. Anything is going to taste better after that incident in a glass. That was a full-on incident in a glass. So, yeah, the Le Frog, burn it. <laughs> Kill the frog. Kill the frog, put it in a hut somewhere, chase it down with people with pitchforks, and then never speak of it again. Yes, but indeed. with our classic French martinis now firmly in hand, and the yep. horror of the past behind us, is it time? It is definitely time for a story. Yay! Definitely, definitely time for a story. And quite apt with uh, Le Frog and our French martinis, we are in fact in France. Oh my we god! We are in France with not one, but two. Two little tales today ooh, linked ooh. by a very, very clever man. Interesting. We've had two cocktails. Now we two have cocktails, two stories. Two stories. We start in the 1830s um, with Duke de Chose Plazlin. What? Whose actual name was Charles Louis Theobald. <laughs> so what? His fake name and then his no, real no, name? No, no, that, that was his title. His title, was, his title was Duke of blah, 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 blah. Um, <laughs> I shall of... call him the Duke from the, now on. The Duke. <laughs> but he was the Duke of where? Of Okay, spell this out. I'm going to spell this. C-H-O-I-S-E-U-L hyphen P-R-A-S-L-I-N. I will know. But I should always caveat that when you spell stuff out, that's where the tiny bit of dyslexia kicks in <laughs> and you may as well have just said 6Y9C5. Yes, he was the Duke of there. It was it a was. very lovely place. <laughs> and the Duke was a very elegant and pompous man. Ooh. As Dukes tend to be, potentially. Very, very full of himself, filled with his own superiority. <laughs> but he is also entirely penniless. After living a life of extravagance and excess and gambling and having a lovely lovely time he had whittled down his family fortune to practically nothing too many um, french martinis oh well, it's too many french martinis mm. now of course the obvious answer to having no money is to marry a rich heiress definitely that is the only option available to him to find a rich lady with a fortune he finds a young lady uh, Alatrice Sebastiani the daughter of one of napoleon's generals Oh, well, that's very, very fancy. Very, absolutely. Say she fits the bill 
perfectly right social standing, a load of cash behind her, <laughs> perfect marriage material. Probably a bit stupid. Possibly a bit stupid. And so they indeed, they do marry. And Alatrice bears the Duke nine children over 15 years. So they Good get God. at it. <laughs> For <laughs> episode 69. <laughs> no, that's not no. how you make babies. That's, though, that's not how no. that works. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Despite her protestations. <laughs> Let's just experiment a bit. I've had nine of them. <laughs> Nice. So now with this new fortune at his disposal, the Duke decides that he doesn't really fancy settling down that much. He <laughs> likes having the money. Yeah. But he doesn't really want to be tied to one woman. After 15 years and well, nine this kids. Well, this is sort of throughout the, the marriage. and things. Over the course oh, of 15 years, oh. <laughs> they have many children. Yeah. I think from, from the off, he's going, oh. well, why, why do I have to be tied down to one woman? But I am such a fantastic man. Mm. I'm awesome. I'm French. I'm a duke. Exactly. Who doesn't love me? Um, and he begins an affair with one of the children's governesses. Oh, like you do. a nanny comforting. A nanny, nanny comforting. comforting. Absolutely. Probably the wife, his wife, pregnant with the God knows what number child, <laughs> doesn't get the comfort from the wife that he's expecting. No. Who, where do you go? You turn to the governess. The Duchess discovers the affair, unsurprisingly, um, and sends this girl packing to the other side of the country. Go, be gone with you. Get out of my sight. But this is not going to stop the Duke. He's a Duke, after all. He doesn't care about that. He will find someone else. He does quite, quite easily. Oh, for God's sake. Now, Alatrice is humiliated by her husband's carryings on. He is not subtle about this. Many, many of the aristocracy have mistresses and such like at this time, mm. and it is an open secret. But he is carrying on quite blatantly, taking her to par- her mistresses to parties and taking her to court and all this sort of stuff, which is not the done thing. Mistresses, they're, uh, they're a secret. They're an open secret, but you don't flaunt it. And she is entirely humiliated by this. Well, it's not surprising based on all of the stories we've ever told. Mm. There's a little bit of, come on, have a bit of decorum. Have a little exactly. bit of sensibility, really. Uh, about If you're going to flaunt your many mistresses, just do it behind a fan. <laughs> Precisely. Mm. Alatrice has had enough um, and announces that she wants a divorce, (gasps) which is quite the thing in such a time. Get a divorce. It has to come from the king, the permission to divorce. So this is no small thing that gets hushed under the carpet. If this happens, it'll be across the country and Mm. humiliating for the Duke. And also the Duke is thinking, if this happens, all the money, all the money goes away. But I like money. (laughs) (laughs) He's a bright spark, isn't he? <laughs> so he realised, if this happens, took, I am ruined. It took him six weeks to work that out. <laughs> he suddenly sat up one day. If she goes, the money goes. <laughs> what a shit. Yeah, what a shit. So, I mean, he's thinking, no, nope, she can't do this. She can't do this to me. I'm the joke. Um, <laughs> he's no. really hanging on to this Oh, yeah, dukedom, absolutely. He, he is He is very fa- particular about the dukedom. I am um, a duke. A duke of what? You've got a duke of a made-up place, as we've established. <laughs> no one can pronounce it. Yeah. Just stop shouting about the dukedom. So he makes up his mind that nah. this is never going to happen. <laughs> this will never get to court, to the king, or anything. In the middle of the night, August of the 17th, 1847. The servants hear the bell ringing in the Duchess's room and the sounds of crashing furniture, followed by a piercing scream. Um, they run to her room to, to help see what's going on, but they find the door locked and no answer as from within as they bang on the door. They go out into the garden to try and look up through the window to see if they can see what's going on. And through the window, they see the silhouette of the Duke in the bedroom. Now, the instant response is, well, the Duke has obviously also responded to his wife's pleas and cries for help and has been able to get into the room. So they go back upstairs and they find the door unlocked this time, but the Duke is nowhere to be seen. They find the Duchess on the floor amongst a jumble of bedsheets and overturned furniture. Her throat has been slashed and her head bruised and beaten quite violently. All of a sudden, the Duke rushes in, acting as if he has only just woken and, and discovered this horrifying scene. Um, <laughs> he is an idiot. <laughs> the aristocracy, plenty not known for their smarts, it has to be said. Um, <laughs> was he like outside the door as the servants were running in and he was just checking his watch? Okay, yeah. wait for 30 seconds. Pretending to be a suit of armour in the corner. <laughs> 
we ran past you on the stairs, sir. Game in, what's going on? Oh no, oh shit, I've still got the knife. Hang on, wait a minute. I'll come in again, I'll come in again. Now he does not realise that the, the servants have seen him through the windows moments earlier. And everywhere um, else. Yeah, and they, they obviously know something is up. The police are immediately sent for, and the servants tell the officers exactly what they have witnessed. The Duke is, of course, questioned about what's what's going on, and he suggests that his wife has been killed during a burglary. Someone what? has broken in to steal her jewels and murdered her, <laughs> left the jewels on the nightstand, <laughs> and then run. It's like he's fucking five. <laughs> Burglars come, don't they, and then don't steal anything. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> The room is quickly searched, and they discover a blood-covered pistol under the bed. Oh, Jesus. Which is quickly identified as coming from the Duke's collection. But, of course, he has an explanation for such a discovery. Right. When he heard his wife scream, uh, he had run into the room with his weapon drawn to confront these evil intruders. But then he discovered her dead. He dropped the gun in shock and horror at this discovery. Um, and so he could pick up his wife and cradle her dying body. Realising that she had she had gone, she was no longer alive, he had returned to his room to wash off the, the blood. And a trail of blood down the hallway into the Duke's room, it sort of well, it matches with his, with his account. There is indeed this, this trail of blood. I mean, well, yes, if he's gone to wash off the blood, that would explain this trail of, a, trail of blood. It is also reason that the trail could have just as easily been made after the Duke fled after murdering his wife um but the duke has not considered that possibility i feel no this all happened very quickly he just ran in oh my god my love oh blood (laughs) running down the corridor to wash away the blood is the first priority absolutely i must change for when the police arrive (laughs) Um. and to run back into the room expecting shock absolutely I love this guy. The Duke. He's a dick. But still. <laughs> they search the Duke's room and turn up a bloodstained dagger <laughs> and the severed bloodstained bell cord from the wife's room. Um, What's already cut the fucking so bell So I, I think cord she off. has obviously been ringing the bell going, help me, help me. So he has <laughs> sliced it to stop the ringing. Oh, God. Um, and he's hidden these And in he's his hidden room? them in his room. Badly. Ba- badly, like under the pillow or something. It's not gone well. <laughs> Just behind uh, the door. Just like he's in a bin. <laughs> So, as I say, he does have slightly more trouble coming up with an explanation for these discoveries. Was his explanation that, you know, when he went to cradle his wife and she was killed with my favourite hunting knife. Oh, I must cuddle that too. And my favourite bell cord. No, my precious bell cord. Perhaps that would have been a logical um, defence. Um, I he don't wanted believe... to wash the blood off those in particular too. I don't believe he went that way. So he was placed under arrest, but he is very good at talking his way out of trouble. He's very good at talking. This is combined with his aristocratic standing in society mm. um, he can afford now there's all his wife's money um, the best lawyers money can buy and it makes a conviction look rather shaky well he's able to wheedle out of things and go and provide enough doubt that there could have been something else that people think he might actually get away with this to find the concrete evidence that they need to secure this conviction uh, the police turn to a young pathologist from the University of Paris Auguste Ambrose Tardieu for help he sounds familiar. Ha ha ha. He is quite a famous chap he in the world of forensics. Of the things. <laughs> yes, I mean, he has recently established himself as a very logical, methodical thinker. He has a firm grasp of medicine and science, and he agrees to get involved in the case. And he is allowed to examine the crime scene and, and the, the weapons, the blood-stained weapons that are found, and the Duchess's body. He places the pistol under a microscope, which is not usually used for this type of investigation. It's usually much more of a, like a natural, Mm, mm, natural mm. history looking at plants biological things not for forensics or anything like that so he's using this piece of equipment that's been around a long time for a very different purpose and on the pistol butt he finds a chestnut coloured hair that matches the duchess's he also he compares the butt of the gun with the wounds on the duchess's head and discover that they match perfectly. Oh, he's always used that to bash it. Exactly. This evidence completely undermines the Duke's story that um, he had come in to defend his wife with a pistol and then dropped it, because clearly the pistol had been used to bludgeon his wife to death. And this is all proved beyond a shadow of a doubt by Trudeau's um, work. Yes. The doctor goes a step further to logically reconstruct what he believed had happened that night using the evidence that he has uncovered. Him, he describes how he believes that the Duke has tried to state his crime to look like a burglary, but the Duchess has fought back rather harder than expected, and he repeatedly stabbed his wife and bludgeoned her to death. Mm. 
with the with the butt of the pistol as she screamed and fought back, so sending all the bed sheets and the furniture flying during this this fracas that the Jew was not expecting at all. What was no. he expecting? Well, I think he just he, like be, be weak and. I think he was probably expecting to stab her in her sleep or something, throw some jewels out the window and be done with it, leave the window open and then scarf her type <laughs> thing. But obviously she fought back. She's born um, nine children. She's well, exactly. She, she's a fighter. Because of the commotion caused and the, the servant's arrival, he is not able to get rid of the jewellery or like stage this burglary. Of course, the servants have witnessed all of this, especially the last part, this fierce battle through the window when they had seen the duke the duke had then left the room when he heard them approaching the servants had come running back up the stairs again duke had heard this and scarped along to his own room leaving the door unlocked behind him when he knew the servants had found the duchess's body he burst into this room playing the part of the distraught husband when confronted with this narrative it is a bit too close to the truth for the duke's liking he is presented with the evidence of the hair and the pistol marks the duke realizes I'm not getting out of this. Nah. This is this nah. is this is not going to go my way. He poisons himself with arsenic. <gasps> oh. Rather than face the public humiliation and the guillotine to avoid the scandal that a trial and public execution would bring. Da-da-da. He brings it all to a close. Oh nice bit of arsenic. Arsenic. Bit of arsenic, bit of arsenic going in there. Arsenic and You pulled arsenic out of the hat right at the end. Right at the end of that. Now, Dr. Tardo, he becomes famous overnight on this case. This is a high-profile case with Duke and Duchess. This is major across all the papers. Everyone is talking about it. And he is the one who has who would have confirmed this conviction if it had gone to trial. The doctor's logical approach, his medical skill, his observation, I mean, it brings him international attention. And he becomes a regular expert witness over the course of his career. He consults on more than 5,000 cases in his career, including an attempt to assassinate Napoleon III in 1858. So even the emperor himself is getting him in to to find out who done it. I like it. We're talking with the benefit of hindsight. At the time... He's using revolutionary techniques, which are now commonplace and yes. seems so commonplace that it's just ridiculous that it's like you know well there's hairs on it and we can probably but work that, out and there's a uh, hole in the back of a head where the butt of the gun was used it's not rocket science people but then they're now commonplace because people like him yes started it yeah um and he wrote many many books oh. on um yeah on various methods and, yeah. and things and he's incredibly famous but we all look back now again sitting on our sofas listening to podcasts eating crisps going i would have worked that out yeah i would have yeah, figured that one but people like him, again, no one would have thought of that or had the means to no. decipher such things. And he's Absolutely. standing there, probably like we would have been at the time, going, guys, seriously, trust me on this one. <laughs> it was badges. No, okay, just give me two minutes with a microscope and I'll prove you wrong. Exactly. But he's a joke. He doesn't lie. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't lie. He ran in here holding a knife and then he threw it down. He dropped the knife because he was scared. I don't know. That's how these things work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. 
1863, the Doctor is thrust into the spotlight once more with the case of Dr. Edmund Pomeray. Mm, Pomeray. Pomeray. Now, Dr. Pomeray is a relatively second-rate doctor. Um, he's a doctor of homeopathy. Um, <laughs> oh, we never have luck with homeopathy. So he's, on he's, he's not gone like, I'm going to be a surgeon or anything fancy like that. No, I'm going to be a doctor of homeopathy. Why do they always I turn out to be murderers Perhaps on this show? Yeah. Not all of them. Not all of them. But, but um, it's a pattern that we have established, <laughs> people. Yeah. Now, the, the Doctor is striving to make his fortune, make his name in society, to secure his place in the upper echelons of Parisian society. Exactly. He claims to be a count to impress his <laughs> the upper classes and attract them to his practice, but without a great deal of success. Exactly. Yeah. I'm a count and also water has memories. <laughs> his prospects look fairly bleak. And and like the Duke before him, were probably all a great deal easier to marry money rather than actually oh, yeah. earn oh, it. Yeah. That's far easier. Heiress is the way to go. That was my aim, but I... Did it I work? Oh, no, I married for love. Oh, Ugh. God. Ugh. You're still holding out for money. Absolutely. I'm holding out for <laughs> bars, buckets of cash. <laughs> <laughs> Jukes, come and see Rich, Nick. Absolutely, bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> and to ensure his success and meeting a eligible heiress, um, he signs himself up to several agencies, Yay! like dating agencies of, of the day, the um, of the day, who would match successful bachelors with eligible <laughs> young ladies in society weddings and such. Like, unfortunately, this does not work either. Oh, he is not having he, much success. Oh, he's, he's a doctor, and they go. Oh, it's homeopathy. <laughs> he's a doctor of herbs. Mm. <laughs> yeah, he's not a... like an apothecary, even. No. He's not witchy at all. He had little success with the ladies through these agencies until one day he was riding the omnibus, as Yay! we all love doing. He overhears Mademoiselle Dubizet speaking <laughs> with a dear friend about an inheritance she's due. How very exciting this is. I've just heard this is coming to me. I'm going to be so rich. Think of all Wonderful. the dresses and bonnets I can afford. The doctor takes an instant liking to the young lady. <laughs> he's on a bus, He's on a bus. He's, he's eavesdropping into someone's conversation on a bus and going, oh, I'm going to marry you. Oh, the bus. That's the, way to be. That's the place to be for gossip about eligible bachelorettes. Absolutely. Just sidling up to them, sitting behind them, breathing heavily. <laughs> he does indeed follow her home from the bus. Well, okay, that's not to, okay. To, to a very fashionable prison in a dress where she lives, or she lives with her parents and the doctor manages to contrive an introduction to the family not on that day not just by knocking the door going hello can I come in yeah but because through... all he did was just creepily follow yeah. her home but he now knows where they live through that he's probably he's able to get the names perhaps a, a friend of a friend of a friend is able to introduce them and once they are formally introduced he wastes no time in trying to woo the young mademoiselle and soon Ooh. he proposes marriage after eight minutes <laughs> It's it's pretty quick. Now, he is a doctor, so the social position seems suitable-ish. But he does have a bit of a reputation of a spend, as a spendthrift and a bit of a gambler. He likes his money, and that's what mm. people know. That's why he's on the lookout for a wife, because he mm. needs the cash. So this reputation has, has preceded him. Mademoiselle Dubizet's mother is, is not at all convinced that he would make a, a proper husband for her daughter. To overcome her objections, he often mentions his, his wealth and the inheritances that are due any day. I've got a great, 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 great aunt. She's got a chateau. She's going to die any minute. She loves me dearly. I'm the only heir. I'm going to get it all. She's got huge tracks of huge land. Huge tracks of land, huge and they're all going to be mine. Um, <laughs> he even shows her documents proving his income. That um, he wrote on in crayon. Well, no, that he claims were his own, but he actually he borrowed them from some friends. Oh, that's And oh, like tipex to the name out or something. It's like some pay slips or something like that. Look at all the money I earn. It's actually your mates. <laughs> Can I look at the... Don't look at the name. <laughs> so pri- that, that's private. my my work name. It's my work name. My work name is Gladys. <laughs> Eventually, Dr. Pomeray overcomes Madame Dubizet's opposition to the marriage. Um, she still mistrusts him, rather, and makes it a legal requirement of the marriage that her daughter's property, which brings in a decent income itself, mm. it must be kept separate, not to fall under his control once they are married but is to remain hers uh, for her use only so Holla, very, we want prenup exactly we want prenup. very 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 wise mother. wise mother the doctor reluctantly agrees to these conditions i mean he is also aware that his wife would receive a considerable sum upon the death of the mother mm. she's looking a bit old and shaky she's not um, she's not endearing herself to the son well indeed like not and there will be no restrictions on that money so he goes fine and they do indeed marry curiously 
soon after the marriage, the mother-in-law dies unexpectedly. Oh, no. From <laughs> grief a... at the loss of her daughter. Potentially. Now, it is never proved that he has anything to do with the mother-in-law's death. It is just a very, very close coincidence. Isn't it? Isn't, Isn't it, it just? Isn't it just? What does she die of? Do we know? We, we, do, we do not know. It was reported in the press that uh, Madame Dubizet, whose health had previously been excellent, died suddenly with symptoms strongly suggestive of the action of a violent poison. What? <laughs> now, this is the reported in the press, um, but as far as I can see, no action is actually taken. Nothing formal is said that there has been untoward. That is a brilliant piece of journalism there, where it's like, we know we can be done for libel, so we're going to say things that we know we can completely get away with. Yeah. You know, it had all the symptoms of she was fucking poisoned. <laughs> strongly suggestive of the action of violent poison. <laughs> Oh, but it might not have been. It might not have been. strongly suggestive. So the, the death is indeed left unquestioned by authorities. The, and the couple do indeed soon receive the inheritance after her death. But oh. the amount is far less than he was expecting. <laughs> he was expecting <laughs> tens of thousands. Always the folly, I feel, actually, that, that the husbands or the whoever who murder the in-laws for the inheritance end up being disappointed because it's not yeah. as much. Make it blatantly clear what you're going to leave every one people if it's a small amount. Yeah, if indeed. it's a lot, don't. <laughs> like, you're yeah. getting a tenner. You're getting £10.50, absolutely. Yeah. You might get and killed out of spite. Um, <laughs> oh, no, that's terrifying. <laughs> collection of dolls it's like okay these haunted dolls you will take care of forever you know what no it's fine you can live forever that will actually guarantee your life it does not take at all long for the doctor to burn through the money um, and very nearly bankrupt the whole estate once again he finds himself in desperate need of cash and this time he can't marry again He's already married. He can't do that again unless something were to happen. Um, But it doesn't take him too long to come up with a cunning scheme. Fire! (laughs) (laughs) He approaches his mistress, Seraphine de Powell. Okay, two things there. Mistress and also what a a name. Seraphine de Powell. Seraphine de Powell. (laughs) Powell. P-A-U-W. No, it's P-O-W, mate. No, it's not. No, no, it is. I've decided. I've decided. Seraphine de Pau. That is a superhero vixen bitch name if ever I've heard one. Seraphine de Pau. She fights crime. She, does. she is oh she she her own woman. <laughs> now Seraphine had had come to know the good doctor when he was treating her husband. Her husband didn't last long in the doctor's care, but he was all too happy to comfort the young attractive oh, widow. Oh, she comforted him so it, well. All the comforting, all the comforting. He persuades Seraphine to take out a life insurance policy for the, the princely sum of the equivalent of twenty-two thousand pounds. This is a lot of money. No, not a lot. Back then, when you say the equivalent of twenty, well, because it, 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 because it's in pounds. Obviously, they were in France. It would have been in francs. I don't know what the French the franc value was, but it was the equivalent <laughs> of twenty-two thousand pounds at, that at time. the time. Oh, at the time, fine. Oh yeah, twenty-two thousand pounds now is not much for a life insurance. No, policy. it's not. It's not. That's um, barely a weekend for us. <laughs> but in the eighteen seventies or so, okay, that's a few it's, weeks. It's a it's a it's a substantial sum. She does this with the doctor paying the first year's premium. The plan was, and it is a cunning. It is a cunning. Plan. Plan, I'll give them that. Okay. That as soon as the policy is in place, she will feign a serious illness. She is going to die any second. With the threat of such a huge payout, the insurance company would gladly buy back the policy <sighs> and give her an annual income, £240 a year, for as long as she would live. Mm-hmm. So from the insurance company's point of view, even if she lasts a year, we've paid out 240 quid. If we don't do this, we're going to pay out 22000 Yeah, okay. So okay. the insurance company's going, fine, okay, yep. We'll, yeah, yeah. we'll buy back your policy. Right, okay. She would then stage a miraculous recovery, of course, and walk away with quite a healthy annual allowance from the insurance company because they... for years and years and years to come, for the rest of her life. I, I think the insurance companies would... would have some way out of that well this They're was not the plan. known for wanting to pay out <laughs> this this was the plan but i'll give them fairly fairly okay fairly, fairly cunning sinead is a hard one to please when I it comes am. to cunning <laughs> <laughs> this this annual allowance will be split between her and the doctor obviously it was, it was all his idea now seraphine she is the good-hearted lovely lady she's very unsure about committing insurance such blatant insurance fraud yeah it is not at all convinced by this but somehow the doctor 
manages to persuade her to do it. And she, so she takes out the policy, naming Dr. Pomeray as the beneficiary. It turns out that Seraphine wasn't as good as actress as the doctor had hoped for. Um, and he, no, not Seraphine DePau, please. <laughs> and he decides to help things along, making her, her illness look a lot more real. It turned out a bit too real, and Why? Seraphine dies after days of vomiting and suffering with a racing heart. Oh no! But doesn't that scupper his plan? Well, now he's thinking, I only get $22,000. £22,000. She was then meant to fall ill. The the insurance company would be notified of this. And then they would perhaps make the suggestion of, oh, if you want, you know, we can do this other arrangement. So she hadn't got that far at this point. She's still just signed a policy, believing that her illness would be... faked would be faked and so she just thinks okay i'm gonna go along with this yep. and he's told her oh we'll just make out your face oh you just need to look a bit sick love and his intention the whole time was to, to kill her is to get rid of and her. to get her money not seraphine yes seraphine de Pau, she did for herself now fortunately seraphine has confided in her sister of this plan is she called nerophine de bang i <laughs> Unfortunately, I do not know the sister's name. Um, which <laughs> let's, let's, me... just call her that. let's just call her that. <laughs> so she has been informed of this elaborate scheme to defraud the company, the insurance company. Now, the, the sister is much more suspicious than Seraphine had been and believed the scheme had been nothing more than a deception for a way to, for the doctor to inveigle himself into Seraphine's will um, for his own evil purposes. Good for Nerophine. Absolutely. Now, when Seraphine dies, her sister is quite certain that she has been murdered. And she tells everyone she can find that this this has happened. And she goes straight to the chief of police. He bangs on the police door until she gets an interview with a top man. And he tells her exactly what's going on. Yeah, you go, girl. The, the chief of police turns to Dr. Tardo for help. Yay! There he is again. <laughs> there he is again. He's come back on the scene. Swaggering in. Does he just, like, does he just knock the doors open like a whisper? I'm here! Here I am. People <laughs> take my hat and my bag and my watch for no reason. <laughs> With the suspicion of potential poisoning, Otagio requests that Seraphine's body is exhumed so he can test his hypothesis. Mm. Um, and he conducts several examinations. He finds no evidence of fatal injury or disease that's ruled out. And he conducts several tests for various poisons, including arsenic and antimony. And these both come back negative. Oh. Leading to the possibility that a poison that had been used for which there was no test available. In the meantime, the investigators are also on the case. And they have learned that immediately after Seraphine's death, Dr. Pomeray began to try and collect the insurance money. He was was banging down the door half an hour after he found out Seraphine had died. Go and give me my cash. (laughs) That's that's quite, yeah. Give it a minute. (laughs) Give it a bit. Give Give it a a bit. No, but he was not giving it a minute. Oh, yeah. I'm so sad. I'm so sad. It's been a good 30 minutes. I think I'm over it now. Yeah. A neighbour of Seraphine's, um, Mademoiselle Hermond, also reported that when she told the doctor of Seraphine, death he apparently was not in the least bit surprised that this has happened Mm. she told of how he went upstairs coolly approached the corpse of her who had been so long his mistress assured himself that she really was dead and left what did he do? Poke her with a stick? Well, did he so che- checked her pulse or something in a doctorly way. <laughs> and they were oh, yeah. in her face. Are you dead? <laughs> I want your money. Did that and then left straight away. Oh, now with what a no dick. emotion in his face whatsoever. Now the police and Tadjo are entirely convinced that Seraphine's death is the result of poisoning. And Tadjo devises an experiment to try and confirm their suspicions. He learns that before Seraphine had died, she had suffered from a racing heart, an incredibly fast heartbeat. So he suspected that her killer had used a particular toxin that would produce such symptoms. <gasps> he extracted a sample from the victim's organs. Okay. <laughs> I'm just really excited because I'm trying to guess what it is. And injected this into a large dog. No! Oh, not the dog! What? What? How, what? After a few hours, the animal vomited, Good. lay okay. down, no. and for the next 12 hours had an incredibly fast heartbeat. <sighs> the animal survived. Oh, thank God. Oh, thank God. and survived. Oh, thank God. Thank God. Not the dog. Not so the, the dog. Doctor if it had been a- cats, I would have flipped the table by now. I'm sorry. So, so the doctor was able to show that, yes, it was something that, that it was in her system had caused this increased heart rate. I'd say investigators are still looking into Dr. Pomeray at this time. And they have searched his his rooms and his possessions and have found a number of poisons and drugs Fair enough. Um, amongst his remedies. But they go, ah, he says, I'm a doctor. I'm expected to have such things to treat my patients. And they go, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
But then they found a very large bottle of digitalin. I knew it! 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 So yes, indeed, digitalis, which was widely used at the time for regulating a heartbeat, uh, but which in high doses could be lethal. Yes, digitalis, used today in medicine, the wrong doses. Oh, it's so evil, it's so evil. It's a nasty stuff. And they found records that showed the doctor had purchased the digitalin not long before Seraphine had died, and from the, the vastly depleted bottle, it was clear that he'd use a considerable up amount. Tardo injected the dog with digitalin from the doctor's stash. Um, this time the animal did die. Oh, that poor um, dog! From Come on. heart paralysis. And Tardo had to admit that it was quite ingenious. Pomeroy had known that there was no scientific means for detecting digitalin in the system. God After death, it was an untraceable poison. The doctor had known that. But this this conjecture, this these assumptions that the Tardo had, me- had made and had discovered were not hard evidence. It was not proof. Mm. Um, and he knew he needed that proof if the woman's death was confirmed as murder. From her room, from Seraphine's room, police scraped up traces of vomit from the floor. Nice. And once again, Tardo devised a cunning experiment. Okay. While he's not able... What animal did he feed the vomit well, to? Well, we'll find out. Oh, well, come on! While he's, say, he is not able to detect the digital in itself, he can observe its effects. Right. He takes three frogs. Oh! <laughs> three he's, frogs. he's gone for frogs. That's a bit... It's a bit random, I must admit. It is a bit random, and again, not in the slightest replicable to the human body. Are frogs really the kind of... Well, similarity with the it was, human body. It was to test the effects of the, the, the substance, I think, wrong. One frog was used as a control and was left alone, say, <laughs> the control, the control frog. frog. One received an injection of pure digitalin from of the course. doctor's supply. Okay. Um, the other was given an extract made from Seraphine's vomit oh, nice. that had been scraped off the floor. The, the latter two test frogs both showed the same symptoms. They oh. both came down with the same symptoms and both died in half an hour Good after injection. man doing the control frog. Control frog. different levels. Yeah, Love exactly. It. Love it. So the control frog, well, happy as anything, going, why the fuck are my friends dead? Um, <laughs> but apart from that, he was bouncing around, happy as Larry. Why are there so many songs? <laughs> Over the next two weeks, Tardo repeats his experiments several times to be certain of his findings. Obviously, hates frogs. <laughs> Got a real vendetta <laughs> against the like, frogs. He just likes frogs' legs. That's it. He's <laughs> so, just like, okay, two birds, one stone. Yeah, mate. absolutely. And I don't blame him because frogs' legs, unfortunately, <laughs> are delicious, guys. Mm. Finally, the the doctor, good doctor, has a has another ingenious thought. He takes specimens from the floorboards in Seraphine's room that had not been vomited upon. So, and he tests those. Okay. So he can refute any suggestions that the floorboards may have been coated or painted in something yes, toxic, yes, 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 yes. which would have affected the frogs. Oh the, my god, I love this man. So the frogs after the floorboard injection absolutely fine so that he can prove that it's not something in the floorboard it was something in the vomit that had caused <laughs> these deaths i don't know why I'm, I'm so behind this guy because probably as we said earlier it's just in a time where this sort of experimenting is not commonplace <laughs> this is right now the level of the what we could reach to yeah, absolutely, yeah. <laughs> let's test some stuff on some frogs <laughs> Whereas nowadays it would be like, no, we actually have DNA. It's fine. We can catch them. <laughs> yeah. We would be this guy. Going, there was no, CCTV. We can work it out. We can work it out. Trado had proved his theory that Seraphine had died from a lethal dose of digitalin. And the most logical culprit for administering it was her lover, Dr. Pomeroy. Her lover. At the trial... Dr. Pomeroy's attorney tries to dispute Tardo's evidence at every opportunity. The defence argued that dogs and frogs are nothing at all like human beings, as you yourself has have pointed out, and any findings that compare the two are quite ludicrous. But the pathologist's thorough testing and his rigorous scientific method win the day. Yay. And the jury return a verdict of guilty for the murder of Seraphine de Pau. The judge announces death by guillotine. In his cell, Pomeray is bound in a straitjacket to prevent him trying to end his own life before execution. After an appeal against his sentence is rejected, his family rally round and appeal to the emperor himself, Napoleon III, to try and get imperial clemency. But that too is rejected. On the night before his execution, the crowds start to gather around the guillotine. Um, And Pomeray's wife comes to visit him 
one last time. They are separated by a double grating, and they clasp hands throughout the visit. His wife reportedly hung to the cell bars until the very last minute, not wanting to leave her husband. Um, And newspapers afterwards reported that after his death, um, she passed the rest of her life in a convent. Oh. <laughs> well, why? So couldn't be without her beloved husband, her who, husband, had, who, who had potentially had killed her mother and had had a mistress and killed her. Yeah, um, killed a mother, maybe. Maybe. Had a mistress, it has been proven. And killed her. Killed her. For cash. But, oh my god, oh, that poor She's, woman. Yes, Mademoiselle de Bizet. On the morning of Thursday the 9th of June, 1864, the prison gates are thrown open and a hush falls over the crowd of 30,000 people. I love the who prison have crowds. gathered to watch this spectacle. Everyone always says it's 10,000, it's 20,000, it's 30,000, it's 50,000 people. Million it's a million people five. It's in five. the square. Exactly. Everyone says it was about 17 million of them out there. <laughs> It's a lot of people want to watch this chap get his head cut off. There's no telly. They wait, no, exactly. There's nothing else to do. They wait and watch as the condemned man makes his way to the guillotine. And as the prison clock strikes 6am, the blade comes crashing down and Dr. Edmund Pomeroy's head falls into the basket. It is the end of Dr. Edmund Pomeroy, but the start of Dr. Trudeau's magical career. Once again, famed throughout France for his cleverness his logical thinking and his scientific rigor hurrah so there we go the story two stories two stories of french murderers french murderers what great stories nick oh i love those poisony poisony stories poisony back to the roots poisony bastard stories poisony pistol stabby stories i love the french for the stories we never go wrong in france indeed not we never go wrong in france i love france they have excellent bread and people and frogs i love it i love it and frogs oh god he really fucking hated frogs (laughs) people if if you ever want a video of me eating frogs legs bring it on because i'd love some right now <laughs> i've had them before indeed oh, they're so good. taste they're of so chicken good. taste of chicken spicy chicken very very nice very very nice last guy probably applied yeah definitely applied more logic yes oh the, the duke was just a nutter oh the duke was terrible the duke i i am here for the duke of just the shittest killer ever on this i'm a duke i'm gonna run in that is how i would kill someone honestly it would be a disaster me running in and just various things and props thrown everywhere oh that is amazing i love the duke story even though he's a fucker (laughs) (laughs) the doctor of homeopathy oh the homeopathists ah they can do no right i love the idea of the early forensics as well Mm, it's good it's clever stuff it is and as you said it's interesting to think i wonder how would no one thought of that before is Mm. things that seem so very obvious to like matching the pattern of the, mm. the pistol butt in the, in the head or something like that. Seems like a very... Looking for hair and things like that. Seems so obvious when you watch CSI on telly 24 hours a day type thing. Seems so awesome. But back then, this, this was brand new stuff. This was cutting edge. Magical. What the hell are you doing? Takes that kind but of yeah. analytical mind. Exactly. And, and it always has to start has. somewhere. What do you think, people? What do you think of the stories? What do you think of the Duke? <laughs> can we come up with more elaborate ways he could have tried to hide that murder i mean i mean almost fair play to him for taking arsenic at the end he's like yeah i'm fucked yeah, yeah that's yeah, it i was just stupid i'm just okay i'm not gonna escape the guillotine this is gonna be more fun the second story definitely oh yeah yeah he he a nasty piece of work yeah that was planned methodically methodically evil cunning planning and as you said it's you know cunning plan i like more cunning plans where it's you know baldrick kind of level of cunning plans you know dress up you know you know dress up a mad wild killer ball as a bird and put it as a bird fight again to have his mistress have a mistress in the first place awful and then have a mistress and say oh we need to make you look sick so we'll do this insurance fraud scheme convince her to go against all of her morals and then just fucking kill her. For someone who also who may have killed her husband, that has never been proven. Oh, he's just a shit. So I may, that may be looking too far into it. Well, actually, you know, if he's that much of a megalomania, yeah, he likes the look of her. Well, what do you think, people? Tell us your theories. Tell us your thoughts. Tell us your ideas. Don't try to make a French martini. <laughs> no, with do try Islay. to make a French martini. Do not make a le frog. Do not make the le frog. Don't do it. I, we can't even describe what happened there. <laughs> 
Unpleasant things. Unpleasant things. But do have a French martini yeah. classic. Classic French martini. We made one of those delicious downed it. Mm, yeah, absolutely. It made the conversation flow. Uh, well, that and the gin and the cider. <laughs> We've had a few cocktails <laughs> and it's been marvellous. Maybe a little sip of the Le Frog helped the story because we've been so. quite a giggly mood since then <laughs> but maybe it's the horror that has brought us together <laughs> so yeah we will put out the recipe for the the frog on friday we'll also put an alternate with well just swap out the isle with vodka yeah. if you want to or the, the liquor of your choice if you like pineapple if you like raspberry yeah, absolutely. rum will be a good one i don't know that mezcal would i think they might have the same smoky issue as the the isle did i'd be um, intrigued to try it because you think with this if, if they were going for something smoky I, I, actually i don't think it would i think don't mess with a classic there are a lot better cocktails out there to be yeah. honest with you so. i honestly don't think gin would work on this one actually. no i don't think it would no with vo- you want vodka and rum or rum or both make it a party or just you know mix up a WKD with some yeah, Smirnoff Ice yeah WKD Smirnoff Ice and there's something else the whatever the red one is Google a frog's butt <laughs> and have a party that's what you yeah. need to do if you like our ramblings and our cocktail inspired marvellous stories come and join us on Patreon uh, we have oh god knows loads of episodes on there now I've lost track we um, are coming up to 50 episodes well, 50 episodes on the Patreon how have we been doing that this long mad. <laughs> um, but there are more episodes we have random outtakes silly stories all sorts of exciting things for the but the price of a cup of coffee a month um, a what? cup of coffee a month <laughs> who does that I don't know you hear that on things <laughs> for the price of a cup of coffee you could save all the elephants in China I don't know um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll definitely do that first actually <laughs> no patron our patron much more exciting <laughs> no i suppose it is a cup of expensive coffee like yeah. a really fancy starbucks fancy, fancy coffee like four pound fifty or five dollars yeah. exactly yeah do that five dollar shake it's the price of a yeah. five dollar shake page our patron so much better also save some elephants please and check out our merch store if you haven't already if you need some poisonous cabinet paraphernalia and if you've got ideas about new merch that you would like to see from us we've got some merch up there it's been up there a while if there's new things you want to see by all means jump on those dms and talk to us about what you want to see from us what you would like to receive from us don't make it dirty Thanks for listening, guys. We have been the people inside the Poisoner's Cabinet. We will see you next week. And remember, your loved ones are trying to kill you. Bye.